<laughs> We're going to have them from just, uh, I don't know why Nicaragua is the only country coming to my mind. Huh? Brazil, Puerto Rico, somebody help me? Any Jamaicans in the house? Any Haitians? Any Cubans? We used to have a Cuban. Where'd he go? Yeah, we got a, I know we got a couple. They're not here today, but Pakistanian and then um, Ukraine. So we just, from all over the world, Europeans, etc. And so we're just going to come on that day. And if you don't have an outfit that sort of matches your heritage, go find one. We just want to celebrate it. I thank God for America. What a beautiful country. What a wonderful country. What a wonderful country. People from all nations, kindreds, and tongues. And I know the media tries to convince you we all hate one another, but we don't. Not here. Not at Tavern. Not at Tavern. I'm go. Woo! Sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. Not here. We love one another. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm so thankful for a country that is so multicultural. Amen. Book of Luke chapter 8. So you're going to help me on October the 20th? All right. And we're going to have a big meal in the cafeteria afterwards celebrating all the different uh, foods. And we're just going to have a wonderful, wonderful time. There's a sign-up sheet out. I think Sister Scott is going to be over uh, over that. Sister Scott, is there a sheet out there that you're wanting them to sign up? Okay, so Luke chapter 8, verse number 41. And behold, there came a man. Everybody say, there came a man. Named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down. Everybody say, he fell down. Fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him. That he would come into his house. For he, had, he, for he had one only daughter. About 12 years of age. And she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. In this case, uh, speaking about uh, Jesus. And, and then in verse number 49, we'll get to this a little bit later, but verse 49 of that same chapter. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Notice verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Trouble not thy daughter, trouble not the master, thy daughter is dead. But Jesus looked at Jairus and basically, he said, it's not over yet. Tell your neighbor, it's not over yet. Come on, let that sink in. Tell somebody, it's not over yet. <laughs> Woo! 
going to tell you, as long as you're walking with Jesus, it's not over till he says it's over. Because anything can happen when the Lord is with you. Let's put our Bibles down. I'm believing God to do miracles here today. I'm believing the Lord to speak to some hearts here today and to minister to us. He's come to encourage somebody. He's come to strengthen you. The devil's trying to tell you it's over. God's come to tell you it's not over. It don't matter what the house says. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the doctor says, sister. It doesn't matter what the government's report is. It doesn't matter what your family says. None of those things matter. It don't matter what your boss says. Jesus says it's not over. It's not over yet. We're not done yet. God's come to do a miracle. Lord, I pray, touch today. Touch our hearts. Touch our minds. Touch our spirits. Oh, God, we break the power of the enemy today. We come against the adversary in the name of Jesus. We drive out doubt. We drive out fear. We come against the tools of the adversary. We loose the glory of God and the anointing of God upon this congregation today. Touch our minds. Touch our hearts. Touch us today, God. Encourage us. Lift us up today. Oh, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Give God praise. Somebody shout hallelujah. The word of the Lord says you can be seated. The word of the Lord says there came a man. Everything I preach about today. Every promise that is made in the word of God. Every hope that is given. Everything that you will hear is based on the fact and the question. Will you come to Jesus Today, whatever is going on in your life, is it great enough to cause you to break out of your pride, to break out of where you are, to stop sitting back in apathy and, and being lazy and waiting for God just to come to you and do a miracle? But not today. Today, I get up. Today, I rise. Today, I step out. Today, I go for it. Today, I'm coming to Jesus. Come on, you know what the preacher's preaching about here today. We wait on God to come to us. We wait on the miracle to come to us. We wait on Him to come deliver us. But oh, my friend, when you study the Word of God, what you're going to find out is the blind man cried out. The woman pushed through. Oh, yes, we've got to get aggressive. we got to rise. I love that story. The Bible says Jesus was walking on the seas of and he was told there by the sea there and the Bible says a man possessed what over 2,000 demons broke out of the tombs ran to the feet of Jesus and began to worship him you know what that tells me there ain't a devil in hell that can stop you I'm coming to the Lord there's not a situation 
You can do it. You can do it. Come on, somebody. Tell that devil's a liar. Come on. Come on. You got to... Don't let him bind your hands. Don't let him bind your feet. Don't let him plague your mind. Say, oh no, God is here. I've heard he's coming by. I saw him walk through. I can feel his presence. I'm getting up. I'm coming. I'm pushing through. Here I come, Lord. Somebody shout yes. Shout yes. I'm coming. I'm tired of this. I got a situation. I got a dilemma. I got a problem. I can't lean on mama. I can't lean on daddy. I can't trust in my boss. I can't trust in government. I can't trust in peers. I can't even trust on the church. I got to get to Jesus. He's the only one. I got to make it to him. He's the only one that really has the answer. He's the only one that can move mountains. He's the only one that can do this. My God, I'm preaching to some people in this place here today. I know you have a need. I know you have a situation. It's too big. It's bigger than you. It's greater than you. It's greater than the doctors. It's greater than everything. Nobody can touch it. Nobody can handle it. But I'm telling you, Jesus, it's here today. And if you'll come, if you'll get aggressive, Shout, I'm going to come. Shout, here I come, Jesus. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord. The word of God said he came and he fell down at the feet of Jesus Christ. We've got to humble ourselves before the Lord. I like this part. He came. He found him. He threw himself down at his feet. And I would spend time there, but I know I'm dealing with a church that loves to worship, that loves to praise him. And I know that we got that throwing ourselves down at the foot thing. We got that down pretty good. Thank God for it. But if you're here today and you don't quite understand what that means, that means you don't only come to Him, but you don't come arrogantly. You don't come pridefully. You don't come thinking that you deserve whatever it is that you're requesting. But you come with the understanding. I'm but an outcast. I'm just lowly. I don't deserve the grace of God. I don't deserve the hand of God. I don't deserve the blessings of God. But I'm coming. And I'm going to throw myself down at His feet. That by His mercy, He may just respond. This man made his way to him. He said, I got a, I got a, a daughter. She's dying. She's the only one that I have. And, and I need you to come to my home. I need you to come into my house. I need you to come and lay hands on her. I need you to resurrect. I need you into this situation. I need you to come into this dilemma. I need you to come into this problem. I, I, can't, I can't handle it anymore. It's too big for me. God, I got to, I got to invite you in. Now listen. 
for all of us that own homes. You know how that is. I, I don't know about you wives. I, my wife had to train me. God bless her. I'm still not really good at it. But, uh, you know, I, I show up at the door and, and I got somebody with me. And when I open the door, I can, I can see the look on her face. If they weren't with you, I would kill you right now. It's, it's pure love. It shines through a face of love. I would kill you. And then the lips start moving. Why didn't you tell me you were bringing somebody home? What is the matter with you? Do you think my house is just always immaculate? I'm like, baby, he's right here. He probably reads lips better than me. And so awkwardly, we make our way into the house. You know how it is. In fact, we found out just, uh, we got a text a couple of days ago. Travis put it out. He put out a reminder text. A reminder, and I was included in that text. And it said, Pastor, just reminding you that all of the Connect Group leaders are meeting at your house for a meal after church this Sunday. And I went, I better forward that to Mama. She's going to love this. So I forwarded, and I'm not going to go into the details of what followed. But you know how it is. If daddy don't tell you they're bringing somebody home or maybe, or maybe you're just relaxing at the house and someone knocks on the door and it's company. They didn't even announce that they were coming and you run around as fast as you can. You try to put things in place and fix things because that's your home. When you're home, you want to just, you know, you want to just relax. I used to think that I'd go in somebody's house. Of course, they knew I was coming and it was always so immaculate, so perfect and so clean. And my mind says, oh my, it must always be like this. But then I came over one time, unannounced, and found out it's not always like this. That they live there too. That that's a place of relaxation. That's a place where you, you know, you just kind of let things go a little bit every once in a while. Everything's not just perfect. Everything's not just right. It's a place of safety. It's home. And, and, and so when they show up unexpectedly, you're just kind of rushing around. But I want to tell you that that is what this man did right here. I don't even know if he was really expecting or what was going to happen. But when he fell down at the feet of Jesus Christ, uh, he put his hands on his feet and he began to cry out, I have a daughter at home. Oh, yes. She's at home. Would you come to my house? Would you make your way to my house? What was he saying? I'm inviting you in. I got a situation that needs to be taken care of. And God, if you need to come into my home to take care of it, then come on in. We'll straighten up whatever we got to straighten up. We'll fix whatever we got to fix. We'll move whatever we got to move. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, friend, if you want God to work in your life you gotta let him in you gotta let him into the hidden parts of your life the hidden parts of your heart you gotta let him in to the secrets that nobody else knows but just you but you gotta say God come on in come on in come on in do whatever you gotta do Oh, I wish I had some help up in here. (laughs) 
Got to invite him in. You got to be willing to be obedient. Whatever he asks of you, you got to bring God in your home. My friend, it's not a small thing to bring God into your home, into your life, into every area. But that's what we need to do. We got to learn to open up to God and say, I'm preaching to some of you here today. You're attending every once in a while. Maybe you've been attending for a while. You love the music. You love the feel of God. You love what's going on. But God hasn't really made a change in your life. It's because you never really let Him in. You're just being religious. He's not interested in you having a religious experience. He wants to have a personal experience with you. He wants to know you. He wants to come into your house and look around your living room. He wants to go into the privacy of your bedroom. He wants to be everywhere in your life. When you come running to Him, you can't stop short. You can't run to Him and say, well, here I am, Lord. Maybe do a little bit of worship and that's where it ends. No, not if you want God to do something great and to really answer this dilemma and to step into the middle of your situation and begin to do miracles. Because that's what he'll do. You let him in, man, he'll start moving furniture. He'll start cleaning up underneath the couch. He'll get in there behind the dresser. He'll, oh yeah, he'll get a trash can. He'll start throwing things out. He'll start sweeping things up. He'll rearrange things in your life. He'll do it so nicely. You won't even be embarrassed about it. He'll do it so discreetly. Nobody else will even know that it's going on. But God will be working in your but you got to let him you got to come to him you got to worship him and then you got to invite him in I want you in God I want you in the middle of my sins I want you in the middle of my failures I want you in the middle of my faults I want you in the middle of my weaknesses I want you in the middle of my of my trouble whatever that trouble may be I want you there God come in I know things are out of order I know things are messed up a little bit I know everything's not just right but Okay, God, I need you to come in. He said, because I've only got one. I've only got one daughter. <clears throat> this wasn't no little thing. This was major. I only got one. God, if you don't fix this, there's nothing after it. If you, if you don't make this right, there's no hope. God, if you don't come in and fix this, my marriage is gone. If you don't come in and fix this, we're going to lose our children. God, if you don't come in and fix this, my heart's going to fail. God, if you don't... Well, and the list just goes on and on. God, I need you. I need you to, I need you to heal my son. I need, you to, I need you to heal my daughter. God, you got to come. You got to come and heal my daughter. She's the only one I got. God, I don't want to lose her. I want to keep her. 
and he was just kind of opening up himself. He, he was just making himself vulnerable before God. Listen, he wasn't just the average Joe on the street. He was a very important individual. The Bible describes that to us. He was a man of statue and power. And uh, the Bible tells us later that he was a blesser even of, of, uh, of the, uh, of the uh, church and everything. And, but he, uh, he, this was a, uh, a man of great statue. But he was making himself vulnerable to God. He laid all pride aside, all, all arrogance aside. And, and listen, it's how we can get, you know, we don't want nobody to know that we, you know, we're having troubles in a certain area. Things are going wrong. Our marriage is falling uh, on the rocks a little bit. Or, or our children or finances or our health or whatever it may be. And, and, and I understand privacy and so does God. But listen, I'm not talking about you coming to confess to me or confess to another. Like some religions may tell you, you have access straight to him. You can go straight to him. But when it comes to Jesus, don't hold nothing back. Make yourself vulnerable to him. Open yourself up. Let him feel the urgency of your need. Let your heart bleed before him. Let your tongue loose in his presence. She's the only one I got. God, I need you to understand how important this is. I need you to understand how urgent this is. This isn't nothing small. This is great in my life. Somehow you got to find a way to come communicate that to him you got to open up your heart you got to open up your mind you got to get real with God you got to get real with him you can hide things from your spouse you can hide things from your pastor you can hide things from your best friends but you can't hide nothing from God he knows you before you ever show up He's just wanting you to be honest with yourself. We can't open up ourselves and be more safe than opening up ourselves before the Lord. He will never mock you. He will never talk about you behind your back. He will never whisper your hidden failures to someone else. That's why when someone comes up to me and they tell me the Lord showed them and it's some ugly negative thing about another brother or sister, I look them right in the face and I tell them, Jesus Christ did not show that to you. It may be true, but you've been talking to the wrong spirit. And you're probably full of pride and arrogance and a bunch of other ugly stuff. And you think you're talking to God and you're communing with devils. Because the blood of Jesus covers their sin never to be remembered against them again. And you are not the judge. And you are not the one who convicts. And you are not the Savior. You can be open with him because he will never reveal. He will never expose you. Now, if you're not open to him, your sin may expose you. Be sure that your sins will find you out. That's different. That's different. You stay in your sin, and there'll come a moment that you will be exposed. But can I, can I say something to you concerning that? That is not God's judgment. That is God's mercy. 
Because you will not confess to Him. He will expose you, hoping that you will give that over to Him. That is not His judgment. That is His mercy. But if you're open to God and you give your heart to God and you confess to God, He will cover that with the blood. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is just to forgive us of those sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm here to tell you, if you'll come to Him, if you will worship Him, if you will invite Him into your house, God, God will fix your life. Oh, come on, let's worship the Lord. This room's full of people that God has fixed you. God has corrected you. The book of Luke chapter 8, verse number 49. The word of the Lord says, while he yet spake. Now, what has happened here is that Jairus said, come to my house. Jesus said, okay. They begin to make their way towards Jairus' home. And a woman, which I don't have time to preach on today, she pushes her way through the crowd. And she touches the hem of his garment. We know the story. The Lord stops and says, who touched me? And, of course, the carnal disciples, like most of us, say, Lord, what do you mean who touched you? You're being bumped into every two seconds. There's the people everywhere. Look around. People are everywhere. I'm telling you right now, the Lord just spoke to me. You are here today in this service. And you are hurting so deep, but you don't want nobody to know. And, and things have you bound. You've been raised to think everything's okay and religiously and spiritually and all of that. But, you know, none of that matters here today. Don't refuse what God wants to do with you just because doctrine may be a little different than what you're used to. The Lord has walked into this building today and he is pounding on your chest. He is pounding on your chest and he's calling you. You have been hurt so deep and God is wanting to heal you. He's asking you, please let him into your house. Please let him come in. He will heal you. He will fill you with his spirit. He will loose you from this pain that is in your heart. He will set you free. He's here to do that. Come to him. Come to him. Worship him and invite him into your home. So the word of the Lord says, while he yet spake, I'm sorry, but I just had to stop. The Lord wanted to say that. While he yet spake, right after that miracle, this, he said, the word, uh, someone touched me. Lord, many touching, you know, virtue has gone out of me. The woman comes, she says, oh Lord, it was me. And she was a woman with an issue of blood. He said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now listen, this was a great miracle. The woman should not even have pushed her way through. Uh, she, uh, uh, she was breaking the law just by come, coming near people. She should have been on the outside of the camp because she had a, uh, an, issue, an issue of blood. 
I've lost my, oh, here it is. She had an issue of blood, and she wasn't even supposed to be there, but she came because she heard he was there. And, and I don't have time to get into all that, but she didn't care who said what. She didn't care about no law. She didn't care about no restrictions. She didn't care about religion. She didn't care about tradition. The only thing she cared about was getting to that man that they called Jesus Christ. And it had nothing to do with religion. It had nothing to do with any of these things. She just had to get there. She came! She came, and because she came, she received a miracle. And so the Bible says that while he was speaking, I want the devil to know today he is too late. I want you to say, devil, you're too late to tell me that God can't do it. While he was speaking about that great miracle of healing that woman of the issue of blood, the Bible says that out of his house came one of the servants and said, trouble not the master. <laughs> Friend, I, I know Jesus interrupts this conversation, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But I want to tell you, that servant was going to have a tough time convincing Jairus that Jesus Christ was not able to do this miracle. He had just watched him cleanse a woman of issue of blood he had heard about blinded eyes open deaf ears unstopped come on you gotta rise up and say devil shut up devil shut up get out of my ears get out of my mind get out of my heart quit talking to me you come too late you come too late you come too it's not over yet it's not over yet God's still involved God is still here Somebody shout, it's not over yet. You need to tell, you be seated, you need to tell that devil, shut up. I said, shut up. Tired of listening to your lies. Come running out of my house and telling me God is unable to fix this problem. I know my house is a mess and I know there's dead things in it but Jesus is on his way to my house. <laughs> Lord's on his way to my house. I don't care what is dead in there. I don't care what looks hopeless and unable to heal or deliver or fix. I don't care if it looks too far gone. I have invited Jesus into my house. And when he gets there, I love this part. I, I've never seen this. I was going to bed last night. Luke and Hannah, they always bug me. And they were bugging me again. And I don't know how the subject came up, but I told them, I said, I don't know. I, I don't have a clue 
what I'm preaching tomorrow. It was at 11 o'clock last night. And uh, I said, the Lord hasn't spoken to me yet. And I, I'm not one of those that just tries to put something together. And I want to hear from God. And sometimes I don't hear from him until I walk in the pulpit. Sometimes I never hear from him. And that's usually because we end up having some kind of Holy Ghost service or something. But I was in the bedroom. And it's about 1130, midnight, something like that. And I, and I just come from the restroom and I was talking to God. I said, God, you got to help me. You got to talk to me. I got I to be able to talk to your people tomorrow. You got to talk to me. So I laid my head down. My head hit the pillow. I saw faces. And I saw so much pain. I saw people that had lost heart. Can it get any worse? Is there any hope? God. God, why weren't you here? I want you here. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Why are you here? You're four days late. What are you doing here? What's going on? He's already dead. Roll away the stone. What are you talking about? He stinks. It's been four days. You should have been here. You weren't here and he died. He's dead and he's been dead. The word of the Lord says Jesus began to weep. The people thought he was weeping because he loved the people. That's not why he was weeping. He'd already told them, I love you, and you are going to see my glory. I am going to show you my glory. And and why? And then listen, it's not over yet. It doesn't matter how long it's been dead. If you got to pick that dead baby up and put it on the back of a donkey and ride your way to the prophet, it doesn't matter. It is not over yet. As long as God is involved, it is not finished. There is still hope. Don't you let that devil lie to you. Hallelujah! Don't come tell me what's dead in my house. That's why I came to Jesus. That's why I worshiped. That's why I invited him to my home. I know there's death in my house. I know. Now, I'm going to close in a moment. I want to, I want to show you something in verse number 50. Anyway, so obviously I got up off my bed and me and the Lord threw this together last night. Verse number 50. Well, he put it together. He's given me the privilege of preaching it. it. says, you ready for this? So the servant runs out of the house. And he says, bother not the master. Now he's not talking. He's not talking to the master. He's not talking to the master. He's talking. Excuse me, I'm sorry. He's talking. I hope that wasn't on film. He's talking to Jarius. Huh? Come here, guys. You're Jesus. You're Jarius. Now, I hope you know the word, figure it out. 
I know you don't know what I'm about to preach, so I got to give you this. No, 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 you'll never get it. It comes straight from Jesus. I hope you do good because this is the whole message. You mess this up, everything drops. No pressure. He runs out of the house. Jarius, Jarius, bother not the master. Your daughter is dead. Fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. Hold on. That's perfect. This is my point. Jesus never even gave Jarius an opportunity to respond. I want to tell you something here today. When you invite God to your house and he's come to do something for you and the devil shows up, he's going to take that devil and say, devil, get away. I'm coming. I have made a promise. I have committed. I am on my way. Let's stand to our feet. Music come. He never even gave Jarius an opportunity to respond. When that voice came out of that house, bother not the master. Your daughter's dead. Jesus whipped around to Jarius and said, fear not. Thy daughter, only believe, thy daughter shall live. That's the power that I feel in this building here today. This is more than just you praying. You hear me? This is more than just you reaching out. This is Jesus Christ walking right by your side. Pushing away every adversary that might try to hinder what you have come to him, called him to do. So this is my encouragement this morning. No matter how many times you may have asked, I encourage you to come ask one more time because today all you got to do is come to Him and today worship Him and today invite Him in and today He will come. And when that devil tries to interrupt... And that devil tries to bring doubt. Huh? And that devil tries to, to destroy. God's going to be right there with you. And before doubt ever has a chance to get in your heart. Before you even have a chance to open your mouth. And say something that might, that might breed. That might breed, bring. Come on, come on music, come on. That might bring doubt into the atmosphere. Before you ever open your mouth. Jesus is going to swing around to the spirit of doubt and the spirit of fear. And he's going to rebuke it. And he's going to say to you today, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Only believe. Come up, 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 
The Lord said, fear not, believe on him. Come on, you have experienced his glory. Come on, his power is in this place. You ought to step out from where you are. Come on, you're going through something. You're facing something. It's time to come to Jesus. It's time to come to him. Come and worship him. Invite him into your home. And God is going to rebuke fear and doubt. That's what's in this place here today. That's what's in this place here today. He's come to rebuke the devil out of your life, off of this circumstance. He's come to take care of fear. He's come to take care of doubt. He's come to say to you, only believe, only believe. Come on, come on, only believe. Only believe. Come on. Only believe. 